everybody, my name is Rosie Wilson and this week's White Line Fever is brought to you from Chawthon in Manchester where Steve is staying with my dad. <laughs> That's my brother Sonny on the trumpet. He thinks Sonny Bill should come back to rugby league and sign for and enjoy the show. Right. <laughs> Channel White Line Fever at uh, Lee Sporting Village where we're talking about the Friday night uh, tournament opening Four Nations game, Australia 26, New Zealand 12. I'm here with Jimmy Hooper from the Daily Telegraph. What do you think of the match, Jimmy? But all of it was a cracking contest. We've had a little bit of criticism about it being too slow and there were some flat patches, but for me, I thought Jonathan Thurston was outstanding. I thought the physicality of the contest just really set a standard for the test match football scene and hopefully for this Four Nations tournament. Big issue out of the game, Isaac Luke's cannonball tackle. Uh, we're going to be talking about the issue for weeks to come probably but uh, how did you how did you find it what did you think of it and what do you think the fallout will be mate I think it's ordinary I don't think he will get charged um, because the inter- under the international system there seems to be a little bit more latitude when it comes to yeah, just the contact and, and the way that they roll but just in the bigger picture of the game I don't like the cannonball um, I think it's basically the next evolution of the grapple and the chicken wing it's been developed by the Melbourne Storm other clubs are now copying it it's a pretty grubby style of tactic um, I don't think it's in the spirit of the game and I think that they need to start slapping blokes with suspensions so that yeah, it'll, that'll stamp it out pretty quick. It's your first uh, league tour of England I think. Um, how are you finding the routine? You're, you're sitting up working till 3am and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, I, I feel like um, I feel like uh, <laughs> my, my partner might have just given birth and, and I'm just sort of surviving on two or three hours sleep a night, you know, because <laughs> I haven't been um, yeah, I haven't been getting a lot of 40 winks but Mate, loving it, yeah. The north is uh, is an awesome part of the world. But the people up here are very friendly. Um, everybody's been outstandingly hospitable and, yeah, just loving life, mate. Now, the first song I want to play is uh, off the new album from Metallica and Lou Reed have done an album together. Right. Uh, what, do you, what do you think? Do you think that'll be a successful partnership? Mate, yeah, I like Metallica and um, I don't mind a bit of Lou Reed every now and then. So, yeah, it could be a little bit of, uh, yeah, a little bit of something different. Here's a song off the album Lulu. See you, Jim. Cool, dude. Thanks, mate. A chorus of the voices that gather up the magnets set before me. I attract you and repel you, a science of the heart and blood and meaning. The coldness of most beauties is a challenge that our youth must quickly conquer. There is no time for guilt or second guessing, second guessing based on feelings. I am the truth, the beauty that causes you to cross your sacred boundaries. I have no morals, some think me cheap And someone who despises The normalcy of heartbreak The purity of love But I worship the young and just formed angel Who sits upon the pin of lust Everything else bores me I want to see your suicide I want to see you give it up Your life of reason I want 
want you on the floor And in a coffin your soul shaking I wanna have you downing Every meaning you've amassed Like a fortune All thrown away But worship someone Who actively despises you For worship someone Who actively despises you Of the gold that you must give Pain and evil have their place Sitting here beside me And I'll offer them I'll offer them to you As servants of the gold That you must give to me I want to see your suicide I want to see you give it up Give it up Your, your life of reason I want to see you on the floor Soul shaking, soul shaking. I want to have you doubting every meaning you've amassed, like a fortune, like a fortune. Throw it away for worship of someone who actively despises you, who actively despises you. What's up? This is Scott Ian. This is Rob Caggiano of 
Anthrax, and you're listening to White Line Fever. That was The View, Metallica, and Lou Reed, and the album is uh, Lulu, and it is out this week, so uh, check that out. Welcome back to episode 10 of White Line Fever. We're going to continue to review the first game of the Four Nations, Australia 26, New Zealand 12, on Friday night at Halliwell Jones Stadium. We're going to talk to Stephen Kearney in a short while, but firstly, I just want to, uh, as I do each week, remind you, stevemascot.com Facebook page, where you can actually stream this program, whitelinefever.com. Ning.com, which is uh, the website just devoted to this show. I'm going to be reviving the Loudmouth column, which last appeared in On the Street about 25 years ago. I'll be doing that over the next uh, couple of months. There's also videos of the songs that you uh, hear uh, and um, in this program, and also uh, up-to-date rock and um, rugby league news, uh, a news feed unlike one you'll find anywhere else, and it's constantly uh, being updated on at whitelinefever.ning.com. Of course, there's also stevemascord.com, and I'm the real Stevis on Twitter. Now, after we hear from uh, Stephen Kearney, we're going to hear a, a, um, a fellow who I'm going to be seeing at the Union Chapel in December, that's in London, Dan Reed, formerly of Dan Reed Network, uh, Portland, Oregon's favourite son, and it's his, his cover of uh, Dio's Holy Diver that's just been released, so that's going to be after we hear from Stephen Kearney. Uh, let's uh, continue a look back at the first weekend of the 2011 Four Nations. Stephen Kearney, a great effort to come back from 16-0 down at half-time. A, a big improvement on Newcastle? Yeah, I mean, in, you know, Steve, you know, I sort of anticipated that in terms of, the, you know, with the lads and their, um, uh, their sharpness and their, their energy over the last couple of weeks. And, um, but again, you know, sort of, you know letting, letting the uh, Kangaroos, you know, get away to a three-try um, start on us is... is um, is hard to chase down, but I, th- I thought we could did a, you know did a fairly good job in the second half in doing that. We just um, lacked the polish to to finish off a couple of opportunities up in good ball, and um, you know which you know proved fairly costly for us. Kiwis always improve over the course of a tournament, so I suppose in that regard, you're going according to form, aren't you? As an improve- <laughs> improvement on the last game. Yeah, well, you know, again, you know, that's no guarantee in terms of you know where you know where you end up, but um, again, I guess if there's one thing to take out of the performance is it's um, it's the fact that I think you know I think it was you know better tonight and you know the the uh, the moving forward part for us is you know we get an opportunity to to improve ourselves even 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 more next week so uh, you know that's you know that's going to be our focus. There's never any shortage of issues uh, when you play Australia and tonight it's Isaac Luke and uh, suggestions of a cannonball tackle on on David Shillington. How did you see that? Yeah, Steve. Again, I, um, I, I haven't. You know, I, I saw what everyone else saw, and you know, um, through the monitor there. But again, I think you know, I think it was fairly. Um, um, I didn't think it looked as bad as what he, you know, what the, the tackle that he made in Newcastle, and I just didn't think it was helped. You know, the fact that you know David was getting pulled one way by two big, you know, two big forwards, and you know, Isaac's coming at the legs and tried to pin them together, and uh, you know, looked very awkward. So. Um, um, oh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm comfortable with that. Wembley next week in Wales. How do you approach that game in your team selections? Do you do you want to give everyone a run during the course of the tournament, or, or what do you do? Again, you know, it's um, I guess we sort of have a have a bit of a long term view of you know of of what we're trying to you know what we're trying to do, and um, I guess the um, looking at the 
the momentum and trying to, what we're trying to build. So there, there possibly could be could be a couple of guys who have played, you know, big years this year that, that get a break. But um, I'll get Adam Blair that you know needs a run this week, and um, you know Russell Packer who will who, who, need a run. So you know we've got to factor on um, those uh, um, those things, and um, yeah, you'll have to wait and see, mate. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve.
this is Mark Gable from Choir Boys, and you're listening to White Line Fever with Steve Mascourt. We're in the bowels of the uh, Lee Sporting Village, and I'm here with Gaz Carter from The Sun. England's performance today, 42-4 to over Wales. What do you think? Seems a bit strange to be sort of picking holes in a 42-4 win, but there's definitely areas that can be improved and have got to improve before before Wembley against Australia. I mean, some some of the things, there's a lot of errors in the first half, and, OK, you perhaps get away with that against against the Wales, but in Australia, they could pick the ball up and quite easily run down the other end and put, put the ball down under the post. What do you think would have been better for the game in the Saturday afternoon match at Lee? Do you think a massive England win, all the neutrals would have gone, what sport is this? How bad are Wales? Or, you know, a tight game? I mean, it's hard to know what the best scenario for rugby league would be. I'm stood here scratching my head, so... <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is difficult to know. I mean, you, you'd probably say that Steve McNamara would, would have learned more from today than it would have been if it had been an 80-point blowout, similar with similar with the France game. Because you, can, you always learn more from your errors than you do when things go swimmingly. And what about the NRL players um, in uh, the England team? Is it a case of if they're successful, no one will care where they're from, and if they're not successful, then the finger will be pointed at them? Well, there's, there's a lot to be made. There's been a lot made about the NRL players, but you have to remember, I mean, Chris Ironton's dad is English. Jack Reed is English. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's no there's no qualms there. I mean, the, the main furor has been the player who's playing in Super League, mm-hmm. which is Rangi Chase, but you've, you've seen already, I mean, you saw before, and I don't know if you noticed, he, he was singing the national anthem so and he's he's taught very passionately taught more passionately about most Englishmen about what playing for England means to him so as long I mean the main obviously the main thing to silence any doubters would be to do the performances on the pitch but but so far, they've been absolutely no complaints in what what they've done so far. Biggest selling newspaper in the world, The Sun, or at least it was. How do you how do you push the buttons of your editors when it comes to rugby league? <laughs> Not quite sure whether I do, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> uh, basically, basically, I just get the best stories I can and send it over. You know. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in England, football is king, so you've got you've got to get the best stories you can, and you can't do any more than that. So, if you give it a soccer angle, if you get a soccer player talking about rugby league, is that a, is that an old uh, chestnut that works, or is that a bit tired that one? No, it does sometimes work. Yeah. I mean, you don't you don't really get it that often. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get you get a lot of there's a lot of the soccer players who love rugby league. I mean, Wayne Rooney's a fan, Rio Ferdinand's a fan, and then obviously you've got Tim Cale over here who's a big West fan, I think. Mm-hmm. Ryan Nelson at Blackburn, the yeah. Kiwi defender's a big. Big rugby league fan, so thanks, guys. No.
This is Tommy from the Casanovas, and you're on White Line Fever. Adrian Morley, uh, 42 to 4. What did you think? Was it was it as good as you could have expected, or is there a bit of work to do? No, there's, there's definitely a bit of work to do. Uh, the last two weeks, actually, we've been a bit scratchy. Uh, but, yeah, we, we know we need to uh, improve um, for, for next week. But I think the boys are uh, healthy, and uh, it's a pretty handy squad. So there's a few areas we need to fix up. There's nothing uh, a good week's worth of training won't... won't um, Solve and yeah, but we'll uh, be Wembley there and uh, all guns blazing. Now, I've been reading this week that you've been playing since about 1895. So when the boys all go down to Wembley, you uh, you don't get too excited. Do you just play a straight face because you've been there before? Or? <laughs> no, no, uh, quite the opposite. I'm, I'm probably more excited now than, than I ever have been because uh, you know this is the twilight of my uh, international career. So uh, you know I'm savouring every every moment. But now I've been lucky enough to play at Wembley uh, a few times now. So uh, but you know some, some of the boys aren't so. 
they're uh, very, very excited, and, and so they should be. And what's it like in the team with, with the new fellas, um, who maybe whose accents are a little different? Is it uh, they look like they fitted in uh, pretty well? Do they get g'd up when they first come into camp, or was it off limits that subject? No, no, <laughs> they, they, they took some abuse and uh, they took it. They took it in good jest. Uh, no, that the, them boys have uh, really uh, bought into the uh, the culture of, uh, of, the, of the country, and that they've been fantastic in the squad. Uh, really good attitudes, and um, you know, really, really added to the squad. So, yeah, just welcome them. Well, we welcome them with open arms. <laughs> now the, the tournament's only one day old, one and a half days old, and probably the, there's one issue already been thrown up, which is that cannonball tackle. Um, it's a bit of a bit of a. It's been a bit an issue in, in both hemispheres this year. But what do you think? Oh, I'm not a fan of it. Um, you know, when you put unnecessary uh, pressure on, on people's legs when, when they stood up, uh, you know, someone's going to get seriously seriously hurt um, one of these days. So yeah, I think it needs to be uh, stamped out. And uh, I know in, in Super League there's been a, a little bit of. Um, uh, uproar over it, so yeah, I think it's a terrible way to tackle. So uh, I think it should, should be uh, should be banned. Now, I don't know if you've ever done a, an interview, a rugby league interview, where you get to pick a song at the end of it, but this is but you do. Believe it or not, has that ever happened to you before? No, your, bo- your boss is uh, Simon Moran. He's a big pop promoter. Does yes, that help uh, you with your choice? You got to pick a rock song. A rock song. I love uh, the Undertones, Teenage Kicks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 